All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fitness Education Online Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and I am super excited because we have an awesome guest this week. A little bit about this person. He's the founder at Time to Train, Australia's number one fun learning movement exercise program using sports and activities combined with games to train clients all ages on the autism spectrum. Um, He's been diagnosed with Asperger's himself as, as a child, and he's conquered the challenging symptoms and he leads a successful life. So without further ado, let me introduce from Melbourne, Victoria, the one and only Mr. Jeremy Sampson. Jeremy, how are you? Good morning, Jono. Yes, it's it's a very cold morning here in Melbourne. I'm not sure. You're from Sydney, I think. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cold here as well. Pretty cold as well. Yeah, it's a, it, it is a very uh, cold winter this winter and stuff. But uh, no, I'm still up and early and uh no, uh, you know, doing doing very well and uh, keeping. Uh, well, I've just been recovered from a, a four day sort of cold and flu, no COVID, but I was going to uh, ask. Yeah, just finally bounced back. <laughs> yes. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, well, so keeping as fit as possible. Yep. Awesome. Well, let's get into it, Jeremy. We'll speak about time to train a little bit later. What I want to hear to start with is is yourself. I think you've got quite a powerful powerful story. Um, if you want to share that for us. Yes. Well, uh, look, it's a very familiar story, as I said, off air, and uh, it all goes back to the uh, early, uh, well, the mid-90s when um, there wasn't too much about autism. Uh, and the term Asperger's was definitely quite a popular key back then. Um, so I was first diagnosed with uh, ADD, uh, which was then re uh, and assessed, and uh, Asperger's syndrome was more uh, uh, an accurate diagnosis. So back then it was probably one in um, two and a half thousand people that were really being sort of recognized or identified as having those symptoms and traits, which today is now known as uh, autism spectrum disorder level one. And there's level two and three, which are a little bit more severe and a little bit more profound in their symptoms and traits. Um, so I've always been an advocate for, you know, helping support people with Asperger's syndrome as a uh, slightly separate sort of um, condition to autism because uh, I've always looked at, well, autism and Asperger's both almost go hand in hand, but those subtle differences can make a real big difference. Um, and so we're looking at things from like, uh, uh, you know, obsession and fixation to a strong interest uh, a deviation away from social communication with other people. And these sorts of things were really picked up when I was certainly that child, which, you know, I had everything from I wanted to spin tops and coins to, um, I, I, you know, you couldn't drag me away from doing a puzzle until it had to be done. Um, and just these little quirky type behaviours, which um, sort of separated me from most of my peers, um, you know, couldn't... Um, enjoy the full experience of, of eating certain foods and things. I was very hypersensitive to taste and touch. Again, these are all very strong features of also like autism uh, as well. So um, 
Yeah, noise, I, you know, I struggle to really cope with sound in certain places. And, of course, other unusual things like trying to almost create faces um, in objects um, and certainly distorting my environment from something, you know, that should be a pleasant or, or, or you know, just a general environment into something quite terrifying or, or, or negative, um, which would really have a, an, an awful impact on my anxiety and stress levels and things. Um, a pleasant trip to my grandparents would be quite awful because, you know, I'd be going a different way as a child traveling in the backseat of the car. No, no, where are we going? I can't cope with the fact we're going left instead of right. You know, I had to always stick to familiar routines. So most of these kids that I see today are all still having their quirks and similar traits um, and, and um, you know, issues and things. And so it's easy for me to just connect with them because it's just like working with myself, Jono. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even in working with parents and families more closely and, and have done for the last couple of years, really just to take the, uh, the child's development to that next level. Um, it's interesting to really see some of those traits as well in parents, even though they might be very subtle as they've worked very hard to certainly, uh, you know, go under the radar and be unrecognisable. But a lot of parents and mothers and fathers, they too also um, need the support when it comes to, uh, you know, helping them with their anxieties and their little uh, quirks or behaviours that um, may just be also triggering uh, towards their, their child as well. So a lot of parental support I'm doing these days as well as uh, working with just the children. Yeah, awesome. And and dive a little bit more into your situation there, Jeremy. So you managed to, I mean, um, live a very successful life, right? What was it like? Well, as, let us know that kind of journey, that kind of like six to 18 kind of journey. You know, what was that like? What were the things you, yeah. you did to, you know, help you? Well, this is where I, I, you know, many years ago did, uh, you know, very humbly accept the title of I Conquered Asperger's. It was a national mm. article with the, the Herald Sun and uh, many other um, uh, major newspapers around Australia and stuff. So that copped a lot of uh, uh, backlash, both negative, but certainly much more positive. Um, but yes, it was just through the journey how I managed to really break through uh, a lot of those difficult traits. And yeah, some of those periods were in my teen years um, a lot of self-reflection really like self-accepting firstly of the things that I could do uh, over the things I am not ready to do so I always looked at things from uh, a glass half full very optimistic mm. very positive um, as well as there were just certain times or situations throughout life where it was like I'm just not up to that you know there are just you know certain things that um, that we all just simply cannot do we, we're just not built for um, under doesn't matter how much training. So, but I was always someone quite determined, um, and I think the biggest motivator was obviously the, you know, the, the difficulties with with being bullied, teased, and um, singled out amongst my peers and things. So, when you hear a lot of that negativity um, coming from others, it, it, it can either you know make you or break you, I suppose. And for me, it was just um, how can I improve on myself um, in small to large ways that. Uh, ultimately can really shape me to become a lot better within myself. Um, and uh, as tempting as it was to try to prove to other people that I can do things quite, quite easily or uh, you know, just the same as others, um, for me it was, well, coming back to that self and, uh, you know, from something as small as, well, trying to, to jog or, or run, um, catching a ball, 
uh, these were skills that I, I knew I was inconsistent with, but behind the scenes, my parents were really strong with, uh, you know, being in a routine, doing certain activities on the floor that were rocking and rolling and really, you know, pushing my brain and uh, stimulating me and, uh, you know, wearing me out. But, you know, at, at the end of it all, it was ultimately making better connections within myself. And when you start to feel those changes through those connections, you do start to feel the reward of, wow, like that's a task, that's a skill, that's something that I can now actually accomplish. So it was almost like a, a real rehabilitation of the whole self. Um, and that just led to more confidence. And once, you know, as time goes by, uh, you're on a, you're on a, you're, you're on a winning cycle, I suppose. You, you just, you just keep going uh, and you just keep aiming for more challenges and tasks and things. So through my school years and those teenage years, um, the hardest journey, like I think with most people um, in their teen years, you know, is discovering, navigating the emotions and the mm. social social world um, that was always a big challenge for me and uh, at the top of my list of things that I really if I can really master if I can really learn to understand people their emotions their feelings their thoughts how to integrate interact uh, I know that then that's going to be a huge factor to my success because physical um, that that was something I was already accomplished quite quite early on but the uh, the social and emotional uh, really that was a real uh, challenge for me so uh, um uh, it was all through life experiences that really helped enormously gotcha well tell us a little bit about the fitness industry now jeremy so you became a personal trainer at what 18 straight out of school kind of thing that's right yeah so i think one of the motivators for me to actually help others firstly uh was to get into the health and fitness industry i, I first started just as a pt really was inspired to just see the differences in people's health because I knew what a difference it made for me, um, certainly in sport, balance, coordination. So I was already, you know, swept up in, in the world of, um, you know, doing a lot of activities and things. And then PT was just for me like a really fun field where I was able to combine um, sport, um, gym, as well as outdoor exercise activity but the most important thing for me was to make sure that it was always a really fun experience because, you know, I, I would um, see other PTs with their clients as I was observing in my early years and think, well, you know, um, I could see in some clients, they were just getting a little bit sort of, um, yeah, uninterested and getting mm -hmm. quite familiar with their routine and stuff. Even if it was working for them, they were, I could see they were just starting to lose a bit of that motivation and interest. And so I thought, when I'm one day working with clients myself, um, I, I want to absolutely keep it really interesting and fun. And, um, and most importantly, like continually use um, the experience of working with clients as a PT to keep working on my social skills and really build a connection and a bond one-on-one, -on -one, which is, you know, um, typically what a person with Asperger's sort of thrives and strives the most in is one-on-one -on -one situations. Gotcha. So I thought, PT is, is fun, easy, it's enjoyable. I'm getting something for me out of it as well as giving back uh, to, to the clients and to the community. Um, and then later on, obviously, wanted to further my studies and um, learn more about the brain and, and neuroscience. What a fascinating field. And taking up, um, looking at different holistic modalities and fields to obviously integrate more uh, on the side, just uh, not just exercise and, and physical uh, therapy, but um, other things from yoga, drama, music, sound, um, 
and, and all to help support uh, the brain in connection with the, the nervous system and the body, which is just incredible. Gotcha. Now, from there, I believe I was reading on your website, I believe you were working at the gym. I'm not sure if it was personal training or, or membership. And then there was a very specific situation. Some parents came in, they had a kid, and that kind of started the journey with time to train. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit? Firstly, let's a- share that experience with us, and then we'll, we'll get into time to train. Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. It's a great, it's a great story, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. It was just truly, I was in the right place at the right time, and yes, I was just selling gym memberships, which ultimately again gave me great experience, socialising, connecting with people, uh, and obviously learning the art of how to to sell. Um, and so I was uh, working just in the gym, and a family came through. And, um, and the parents were looking for a, a gym membership for their, uh, at the time, 14-year-old son, which uh, unfortunately, they were just underage, weren't able to uh, offer them that. But uh, they were looking for someone to offer PT sessions for their son because he was diagnosed with Asperger's. And they were recommended by um, their um, psychologist or, or, or person at the time who uh, uptake an exercise routine to help with a bit of weight loss and improve their motivation and confidence. Uh, well, yeah, obviously my, the lightning just went bang. Just uh, the ideas came through. I spoke with that family privately. I said, I think I can help because um, I am qualified in that field. I can, I can maybe do something there, but I also have Asperger's myself. So I have some lived experience and uh, uh, some stories that I can perhaps share. Uh, well, the family were very quick to just say, yes, we'll follow your direction, your lead, um, whatever you think could help. And before I knew it, um, I, was, I was starting, I guess, time to train, which uh, uh, I was uh, 21. And uh, at the time, Channel 9 were looking for new entrepreneurial individuals with their business ideas to um, come forth and obviously showcase what they're doing uh, on, a, on a television program that was all about trying to save uh, you know, a little bit of extra money on the side during a global financial crisis, which we did have at the time. So I put in my application with a bit of help and support from mum at the time and uh, was, was given that opportunity and, and met Shane Crawford, the ex-Hawthorne uh, legend. And uh, that, was, that was fantastic, both on air, off air. He gave me some great advice and great tips with the direction of what I should do with time to train. But ultimately, it was a rewarding uh, you know, community give back story there. And, um, you know, taking that into the gyms and fitness first at the time, very wonderful, still very supportive, of course. And um, we were able to obviously, you know, film some, some clips of, of other kids doing activities and exercises uh, where they were enjoying and obviously getting the benefits there 
and that made for a, a wonderful segment on the show. So uh, my computer crashed, Jono. I had emails coming all over across Australia. <laughs> I thought, what have I done? Uh, what a good problem to have, but what do I do now? I've got so much on my plate here and I, I don't quite sort of half know what I'm doing yet still. I'm trying to work through all this. Well, wait, um, let, let's go I back agree. a step there, Jeremy. Let me let me get yes. my head around this a bit. So you trained the the one kid that had Asperger's. Did yeah. then did you get on the show straight away or did you build a bit of a um clientele base? Yeah, it was around this it was around the same time. Yeah. And um I just thought, wow, this is this is extraordinary timing. What a coincidence that um uh, Channel Nine at that time were just creating a new show there and they were looking for people that had interesting, unique ideas. I thought I'm a personal trainer. I have Asperger's, which is a different a yep. way of operating. Uh, and I'm helping others that also have the same condition, which um, there's not anything quite like that that's being promoted. Mm. So uh, what have I got to lose? We'll see. And uh, ultimately, yeah, they took that on board with, with you know, great positivity because it was raising a, a great deal of awareness, which we just continuously uh, need so much more of even still today. Um, but uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun, even though it was a very cold winter's morning that day when we were doing it. <laughs> awesome. And then let us know a little bit about Time to Train now, Jeremy. So what's it like? Is it an online program? Is it a face-to-face -face program? Is it one location that you run? Do you go to different schools and gyms? What yeah. is Time to Train? Okay, so real quickly, um, well, firstly, Time to Train, I came up with that name when I was actually doing my studies. The, uh, uh, the name was uh, um, based on, well, if you were to call yourself something, what would it be? And I thought, well, I'll, I'll call myself something based on what uh, a lot of people will just sort of say when they're about to go to dinner. Have you got mm -hmm. time to train, mate? You know, uh, I've, you've always got that time to train. Like I hear it all the time in the fitness world. Um, and then as the years went on, I, I really took another angle and thought, well, this is actually like a philosophy. Like we, we operate on time every single day. So we really need to, you know, make use of the time we spend and, uh, you know, exercise and looking after ourselves is a big part of that. So we've got to really include time to do that. Um, the number two represents one-on-one -on -one because a lot of people on the spectrum, particularly Asperger's, uh, will operate best in a one-on-one. -on -one. But even before that is working one-on-one -on -one with ourselves. So we should become two um, and learning about ourselves, both inside and out. So two, and then of course, train. Well, we only get better in life if we train for things, whether it's study, exercise, or learning a new skill for that job or whatever it is. We've got to keep training. I've got some today they want to learn how to drive. Well, okay, we've got to, you know, take up some lessons for that and train for that. So, um, yeah, we never stop learning. We never stop training. So you've always got time to train and that's the ring because it's just ongoing. It just never stops. It always keeps turning that way. So um, it's really kicked off to be something of a, of a, a, a life um, philosophy that everyone can just sort of, take on board where it doesn't matter what illness or injury or where you are with in your life with your health um or well-being it's just hey you, you you've got to look for something that you can train you've always got that time to train um and so to these days Jono, it's uh with our pandemic that 
that we've gone through and stuff. I was very lucky that um, I was able to still operate as a life, uh, as an essential service mm. and uh, was very lucky that I could still keep seeing clients in person. Um, unfortunately, with all the gyms and clinics that closed down, um, I had to very quickly think on my feet, right, what do I do? Do I try to keep going with online, which that was one option I, I did run with for a while was to see clients online. And that had you know, some effectiveness there. It was okay. But ultimately, uh, you know, nothing beats the in-person experience. So I was very fortunate just to um, continually see clients outdoors. And then obviously, um, you know, with some families, that with, you know, with their permission and things, um, be able to go into their homes and see them um, with following obviously the rules and the, uh, the guidelines of uh, the pandemic at the time. So these days, Jono, it's, it's still very much that. It's operating um, uh, through the home environment, which is, which is wonderful because I'm able to see so much of what goes on but, uh, behind closed doors. Um, outdoors, if the weather is wonderful, because you know, I think the outdoor environment is a great change of environment from the house where a lot of kids that I do work with find themselves very much um, isolated um, and very comfortable and certainly fixed on the screens and the uh, technology. Um, but yes, look, sometimes I'm also, yeah, visiting schools, which I do a lot more now these days, because there are a lot of children that sadly are struggling to fit into the classroom environment and teachers do lack the training and education. I've heard that quite a lot mm. over the journey. So taking the program um, and educating teachers, even principals, um, whereby we're using the exercises that I do um, have online and, um, and parents who do join the program get access to that. We take those exercises into the, uh, the school and try to run them as obviously uh, something that the whole classroom uh, can, can do together as a, as a, as a group. Mm -hmm. And that's a great way, you know, to, or a great introduction to certainly help that one or two students might, might be on the spectrum to get them more um, connected with their class. Um, certainly if they're in a position to uh, you know, demonstrate, these are exercises I do with Jeremy when I do classes and sessions with him. And now I'm going to teach and show you as a class how to do them. And they love to uh, show off and demonstrate what they're doing. Um, and that gives them that, you know, that confidence. So it's wonderful to be able to take the program to uh, yeah, the home and outdoor and, and in the schools and, and uh, just just to showcase that you know wherever you are, you can you can do it. You can do a bit of um, time to train. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, a couple follow up questions on that, Jeremy. So you've mentioned the, these kind of exercises. Are there specific exercises that you implement, or is it just you know is it just any exercise works? What can you tell us about? I guess the specific exercises that you use. Yes. Yeah. So the ones that. Um, absolutely were really beneficial for me growing up as a child were, were mainly what's called vestibular or proprioceptive exercises. Now that's a lot of a, that's a real big mouthful, but basically essentially these are exercises that are targeting a specific part and system that's connected from the inner ear to the brainstem, which is the base of our brain. And what we're doing is essentially giving that, that whole system a workout. We're really activating and trying to really connect a lot of the the pathways in simple terms uh, to, to try to get a bit, bit more uh, activity and integration there. So that's why I went, and, I went and furthered my studies there in neuroscience, look at the brain and how that operates, the different regions, and particularly um, uh, what we call the second brain, which is the cerebellum. And that's to deal with balance and coordination. So 
doing a lot of these exercises when I was a child and, and not having any knowledge or understanding of why they just seem to be working to really now understand the specifics and how it's um, all connected uh, makes such a difference in being able to really you know, confidently you know, educate families and parents that you know, this routine, if we're just doing this for you know, 5, 10, maybe even 15 minutes, if you've got that capacity, um, that just every day, um, it's really important for the, the child um, you know, to implement that routine where they're doing those exercises. A lot of them forward rolls and rotational-based exercises really working the brain they're not always fun they certainly can make a, a child it made me certainly feel a bit sick at times but mm. that just uh, essentially means we're working the brain it's actually being switched on and it's doing what it should be doing it's a bit like um throwing all your clothes into the washing machine and uh you know putting it on the appropriate cycle and stuff and giving those clothes a wash so they come out um and uh, they're smelling and uh, they're ready to go um after they're dried of course um, so, yes, uh, we do these exercises and obviously, you know, rest on the weekends. We need to allow time for the, um, you know, to rest and, uh, and recover. Um, but essentially, I have seen some incredible transformations just from a child sticking to this routine, Jono. Uh, it's not going to work. It's not going to work fantastic for everybody. Hmm. Um, but, but if uh, on average, if we're, you know, certainly sticking to this routine every day, we can start to see some changes within about four, six weeks, sometimes eight. But really, it's just the longer that you do it, eventually, you know, it's going to gradually get easier. So where I'm seeing some children, they're uncoordinated, they really do start to pick up um, on uh, the large and fine motor skills. And, uh, you know, they do start to become more coordinated and confident um, they're able to you know, regulate and manage more of their emotions. So we're not just seeing the physical benefits. We're starting to see a bit more of those um, uh, emotional, social improvements as well. Um, I work with some that uh, they do struggle um, with specific learning disorders, mm. um, writing and reading, um, calculating numbers. And what's wonderful is that with just doing exercise, these exercises and um, making things fun, um, it promotes learning. And mm -hmm. I think the brain is a wonderful organ in the sense that um, it should never stop learning uh, to learn, learning how to learn. Uh, and so once we, you know, figure out how a child learns best, whether it's visual or it's auditory or it's hands-on, um, once we you know, to tap into that understanding and then we build a wonderful connection uh, and routine. Um, it's the best improvements come when a child just wants to continually learn how to master, which is very familiar of why my success is the way it has, has grown because I always wanted to keep learning how to learn so I could keep improving and growing. And I think that's what every single person out there that wants to improve a bit more needs to tap into. It's just, Learn how to learn and learn how to have fun learning. <laughs> Bang on. Uh, okay, couple questions with that, Jeremy. So you, you'll see your clients, what, once a week and then they do the, the, the workout themselves the other four days? Is that kind of how that works? 
That's right. So I see them once a week and we generally have eight and 12 week programs, which if after that they want to continue, they very much can uh, for as long as they want. So uh, there's no like locking contract or anything. It's just we, we monitor your progress after two and three months, see how you're going. If you wish to continue, fantastic. The, uh, the spot's yours for as long as you want. We do obviously advocate for, you know, the longer that you commit, the, uh, the greater, the better, the more benefits. But certainly, yes, uh, once a week's enough. And I, I, when I was putting this all together, I thought um, I don't want it to be too full on where uh, it's two, three times a week. That can really, you know, um, impact the interest level there. And there was nothing more boring than um, you know, going to see therapists and specialists mm. all the time. I think you can overdo something that's meant to be good. Yeah. Um, so once a week whereby, you know, a wonderful good session um, whereby you just sort of leave going, yeah, look forward to seeing that person or I look forward to the training of that next week. Mm. Um, I really put myself into the child's position there, um, putting this together and thought, yeah, that's so important is to make it just enough where they really are motivated and look forward to the next seven days. And they, um, you know, they feel motivated to practice outside, or at least hopefully, <laughs> um, but they they really look up to myself or any of my state, any of my staff or team, and they and they want to come back and keep showing off the progress that they've done in that last week or or new things for that matter. Because I always say to students, look, you know, if there's something you want to practice or show off to me next week, bring it along. I I can't wait to see and um, you know have lots of fun. Let's take a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Gotcha. Okay. And then what about say a standard session, Jeremy? Is that an hour? Is it half an hour, 45 minutes? And then what does that session kind of look like? Yeah. So look, you know, we try to obviously do our sessions. Um, for yeah. some, look, if they're having a really off day, we yeah. could only last maybe five or 10 minutes. Um, yeah. But those challenging sessions, I've, I've um, always made it a, a mission to certainly work closely with the families there to, uh, uh, try to turn things around, and uh, and when we when we achieve that, it's wonderful because it just proves that even if we go into a session and uh, things aren't going so well, that um, you know with the right understanding and with the right connection there and the right rapport and all the right approach, um, you know we can we can we can turn this around and we can still use the remaining uh, session to uh, you know turn that mood of that child which is wonderful when, you, when it's achieved. Mm. And obviously, if not, well, then that's okay as well. It's all, that's all right. We'll just have to wait until next week. That's yeah. it. So, but generally one hour sessions, um, 45 minutes minimum. And what that session looks like, well, back in the day, John, I was, I was very, um, yeah, routine and religious to uh, coming in sort of 10, 15 minutes early and setting up everything and having, you know, the whole obstacle course or the different circuits all ready to go. So I was really tapping into the PT in me at the time. 
Oh, well, that was wonderful and it worked. But sometimes I, I noticed over the years that um, there were clients that come in and I'd have all this wonderful equipment and everything set up and then they just, they didn't want to do any of that. <laughs> they didn't want to do any of that. They couldn't be uh, interested in doing uh, skipping this or jogging that or, um, you know, anything. And I just thought, well, okay, um, I'm going to slightly change things because some students really benefit when there is organisation and something well yep. prepared and planned, which is wonderful. But other students, I've got to change and adapt and realise that, well, coming into a, an empty studio or an empty environment, um, uh, that can be a great thing as well because we can get the creativity flowing. We can mm. get the, uh, the imagination activated. We can get the ideas um, shared back and forth and we can build and design something together. And again, I think even as a PT, that's so important mm -hmm. to do with clients is to get them involved and to say, well, you've got a choice. Well, what would you like? A, B or C exercise, mm -hmm. you know, one, two, three, what would you like? Let's, mm -hmm. let's do this together. Um, really involve the client. So yeah, kids had lots of fun when they'd go through my bag of, of goodies and pull out balls, this and um, cones that, and they want to build a, a, a magnificent castle or a, 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 a a wonderful structure of some sort and then they'd share a story which I would um, patiently listen to and then say well that's wonderful how can we incorporate this into um, you know a, a session or how can we uh, do something fun with that um, so each child's just remarkably different but I mm -hmm. always just have that wonderful approach and connection to be able to uh, you know find what they love and make it into something that uh, that we can both do together and stuff and have lots of fun so um, no sessions the same but uh, I'd, <laughs> I'd certainly do my best to um, you know have my assessment with all the exercises that I try to squeeze in with those mm. with those kids or those clients and um, you know throughout the uh, session obviously um, you know we, we um, pick and choose what we want to do and, and you know like I say keep it as as, as fun and entertaining as possible Yes, love it. I think the the moral that I'm getting there is essentially one of the biggest differences between, I guess, training someone who's on the, the spectrum to not is that it's got to be so adaptable, right? It's like if you think you're going in there and he it depends on the client, once again, as you said, but there's going to be some yes. clients where if you think you're going in there and you're doing three sets of 10 of this or a circuit where it's a minute of that, be prepared to change it because it might not, it's probably, there's a high chance it's not going to end up exactly like that. That's right, exactly. And look, some older clients, you know, in their teen years or even young adult years that do just want to do more exercise, they can be fantastic at just accepting yep. that um, they want to do push-ups this and they want to lift um, barbells or dumbbells that. So if they just want general fitness, um, they can be excellent and they can follow uh, my instructions or advice uh, with all of that sort of thing very well because uh, they, they ultimately are looking for just a fitness-based workout. So they can be uh, wonderful at adapting to what I've got. Um, but I certainly always like to, um, you know, challenge and mix things up and say, look, you know, um, what would you like as well? Because I, I, I really want to know what, what activity or exercise um, have you got an interest in? So uh, I, I've always been a big advocate in, in, you know, the relationship with your client first, the exercise routine second. Gotcha. Um, all right, Jeremy, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover. I guess my final question is uh, what's next for Jeremy Sampson? 
What's the, the plan for Time to Dream? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm currently at the moment, look, I've got my hands full with many different projects, Jono, which uh, uh, you know all about. You're keeping very busy and successful in your own way, which is uh, fantastic. Um, Time to Train's evolving at the moment. We are looking at the moment, Jono, into branching into adopting yoga sessions. I'm doing what's called a car therapy program. So I've gone out there and I... I'm proud owner of um, a small handful of wonderful luxury Audi vehicles, which have been put to great use there to create sensory uh, experience um, for children on the spectrum, or all ages, of course. But we're using cars and vehicles where they're in the back seat front and they're enjoying getting a, a wonderful workout where they're observing using those eye muscles and getting a wonderful uh, brain workout and social interaction and building confidence whilst in the car and they're getting their favorite music to listen to and we can stop and have a stretch or a break um, and in one hour session we're just having lots of fun but it's actually a wonderful therapy workout so car therapy and I think that uh, look there's nothing like what I'm doing but mm. I really think the future when it comes to therapy is going to be more mobile so mm. uh, we're seeing and, and a lot of families are really warming to the uh the idea of my uh, car therapy program uh, whereby they don't have to go to a clinic to take their child for, um, for sessions. They don't have to travel anywhere. We come to them, we pick them up and they love getting in the car and they love getting the, uh, the control of what music and uh, temperature and all this sort of stuff and the, and the seats going back so they can have a bit of a nap if they need to catch up on some rest. So the, um, you know, the uh, time to ride program, it's really kicking off. Um, and of course, yeah, look, going to be coming out in a documentary uh, fairly soon, which uh, which will be wonderful, just to raise more awareness for autism and uh, uh, families that are new to the journey and getting a diagnosis and stuff. So, um, no, it's look, it's wonderful just to you know have my hand in, in all different projects at the moment, and um, you know, as I say, working closely with the families and mums and dads, sitting down with them privately to really help them. Um, because they are the ones that are the keys to their child. I can only do so much, Jono, mm. with uh, the child's development, but when it comes to taking it to that next level, I have to find out what is going on with the parents, their behaviours, their mannerisms, their traits, their overall personality, how they are emotionally, uh, psychologically. I have to sit down, counsel, work through and obviously find out where are the root causes there. That could be certainly a huge impact on their child and their um, child's behaviour. So once I get that, um, wow, we can, I, can, I can see those differences really, uh, you know, supporting a, a positive uh, outcome for that, uh, for that child in, in ways that I couldn't before just with working with that child. So parents, uh, you know, I think, again, that the, uh, they've always been the future in um, helping uh, to support and uh, manage their loved one on the spectrum. Um, we've got this wonderful NDIS system, which is just mm. terrific for, for people who have disability and autism and all those sorts of things. But I really advocate, I really hope that one day there's a branch to, you know, yeah, definitely supporting more families and parents as well, because they ultimately do need that support. Yeah. Well, I'll keep my eye out for that documentary. Um, Jimmy, someone's Absolutely. listening yeah. to this, watching this and they're like, okay, this guy's cool. I want to follow his journey. Where's the best place we go to follow you? Is it Facebook, Instagram, your business stuff, your personal stuff? Where's the best? 
Yeah, so um, I'm on the Facebook. I've got the Twitter. I have the LinkedIn. So Jeremy Sampson, you can type my name or just time to train uh, into Google. Um, there's the article stories. I've, I've been in all sorts of different uh, platforms of media and things. So it's not hard to find me. So the journey's out there, pretty well recognized. Um, and uh, yeah, just, just time to train. That's it. You just got to put it in. And uh, you'll find my smiley, happy face somewhere. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Jeremy, that's all I wanted to get through today. Is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to or anything? No, you'd no, to... I, think, I think you've done well. You've covered everything. And uh, no, look, I really appreciate you uh, having me on your program, on your podcast, Jono. And uh, I just hope that uh, this, this strikes a chord with some families that just want to know a little bit more there is uh, wonderful help and support out there and if you are looking for something a little more different to just your typical clinical psychologist or occupational therapist speech therapist and all those sort of traditional approaches time to train we're here and uh we're, we're looking forward to working with more new families in the near future awesome all right jeremy thank you very much for your time thank you john all the best mate take care Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Well, check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.